All right, so here's here's what we're gonna do for just a little a little bit here. Instead of me ending today with a, a strong kind of teaching, uh, I am gonna share for just a, a little bit. But uh, what I what I want to do is I want us to to more experience Jesus today uh, in this time instead of learn about. And so um, our our theme that we're gonna be leaning into is quite simple for the next. Uh, week and that's Colossians three two, and uh, and right before that, I, I guess three one is worth including. Uh, Paul's writing to the church in Colossae, and he says, uh, "Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, uh, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and then set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ." But we decide to focus in on the idea of, since we've been raised with Christ, set our minds on things above. Set your minds on things above, because there are a lot of things sweeping through our minds right now. Uh, so let me, let, me try, let me try this. I want to show you something on my screen. Does that work? Because I'm on my iPad. All right. So the passage was set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So there's this, uh, this guy named Richard Rohr. Whoops. There we go. This guy named Richard Rohr, he talks about the journey of growth. And the journey of growth involves uh, three things. Okay. First, we walk through this life where there is order. Okay. And then at some point, there's a disconnect. And we experience disorder where something in our lives falls apart and the only way that we continue growth is when we reorder okay and so this is this is the journey of growth with god this is the journey of growth in any direction there's order there is a we we know what life is we know what we're comfortable with everything fits at least in some way and then there's brokenness there's disorder there's chaos. Uh, and, and in the midst of that, the only way that we are able to, uh, to continue to become something new is if we choose to reorder. Right now, our, our order has been kind of thrown into chaos. And it's in the chaos that we learn what's the most important. It's in the chaos um, that, that we learn what isn't important. And unfortunately, because of our emotional states, often what isn't important tends to be the things that we dwell the most on because it's the most easy to grasp. It's the most immediate. Um, now, when we look at a, a passage like Colossians that says, set your mind on the things of heaven or the things above, not on earthly things, uh, that doesn't mean that we go around with our head in the clouds, so to speak. Uh, and not taking real life seriously. In the scriptures, the, the balance between the earthly things and the heavenly things means uh, what, what is uh, the thing, the heavenly things are what are the things of God, the things that, that are significant to the kingdom of God, the things that matter that Jesus prioritizes. What are those things? And that's what we do. That's how we, we understand how to set our minds right. So it doesn't just mean that I go around thinking about like, uh, going to heaven all day, right? Setting my mind on heavenly things, not on earthly things. It means that my mind is set on the things that are of eternal value, all right? And so 
so these are the big ideas. And right now we're, we're seeking as a church, as Life Path, we're seeking to be a movement where Jesus is truly uh, at the center of everything that we do. All right. That's, that's our heart. That's, that's our goal. Uh, not being right, not being, not building community, not working for justice, not being peacemakers, not sharing meals. Those things are very important to us, but they are not what we are seeking to be. We are seeking to be a movement of Jesus centered around Jesus. And because Jesus is our center, these things are priorities of ours. Um, but, but it's really, really important that we keep the center thing at the center. This past year, uh, back when people were able to go to museums, uh, we had uh, a gift from, I, I think, my parents um, that was uh, a membership to the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, uh, kind of a science, science center, really fun discovery place, uh, great for kids. And there's this one, there's this one uh, exhibit where, where there's this giant disc and, and you can put blocks and balls in the middle and you spin this huge disc. And as the centrifugal force builds up, things get flung off to the side. And the only way to keep something perfectly in the middle is to constantly be adjusting, uh, pushing it back and spinning at a certain speed and then slowing down. But it takes constant work to keep something at the center. Because as soon as the, the disc starts spinning, even if it's a little off to the center, even just the tiniest bit, it'll immediately start to, to slide out to the fringe. Okay? And, and this is so significant in our lives because when our lives are spinning, if anything at all is off center, that is supposed to be at the center. If anything doesn't, if we don't work to keep it at the center, then it quickly, it quickly gets thrown off to the edge. Um, and so, so it doesn't matter if, uh, if we say something's at the center, if it's even a little bit off, the faster our life spins, the more quickly it gets thrown away. Um, or at least it gets pushed to the outside. So you have to work at it constantly. You have to put it back, tap it back into the center, adjust the pressure, work with it over and over and over again. So keeping something at the center is an active practice. That's why in our, in our disorder, uh, we're given a chance to reprioritize and reorder our lives so that our center is again secured if we're willing to do the work. And so the way that we do that work is pretty simple. We start by reminding ourselves of what is true. And what is true we're reminded of in John 1. What is the most true thing about all of life? John says, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. John's witness is that Jesus, the, the funny thing is, and I've, I've mentioned this before, throughout the scriptures, people see God. But, but John is saying, compared to Jesus, nobody's even gotten a glimpse of God. Nobody has any idea what God is like compared to Jesus because Jesus is so clearly the definition of God's character and the summation of who God is. Bruxy Cavey likes to say that Jesus is God's sermon about himself. So if God gives a sermon, it's Jesus. Uh, the NRSV, which is a much more literal understanding of, uh, of kind of the, the original Greek, uh, says this, no one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known. Close to the father's heart means within the bosom, the chest cavity is the word that's used there. That Jesus is, is in the chest cavity of God. Literally, God opens up his heart and Jesus walks out. Okay. 
So, so when we interact with Jesus, we have this phrase, right? Heart to heart talks. When we interact and engage and spend time with Jesus, we are literally having heart to heart with God. So, so understanding that Jesus, here's, here's another fun image. Um, A.W. Tozer used this. And so let's, let's say that this line is all, all of creation and history, okay? All of creation and history. And then we get this. And this is the expanse of God. And then we get that point. And that point is Jesus. And I love how the V goes on forever, <laughs> infinitely. But through Jesus, God's infinite nature becomes clear in direct time and place in history so that we have a chance to understand what God is like in a way that changes every moment. And it changes our moments when we are feeling like the world is spinning all over the place from side to side and we don't know which way's up, we are reminded that what we have to grasp and what we have to hold on to, the main thing, the thing that is most true of the world is that Jesus shows and reveals the embodiment of God's heart, being God himself. And so today I just really, I, I want, we, we, we ground ourselves in relationship, not by information about Jesus, but by formation that comes from being with Jesus. Uh, today I want you to just be reminded of the love and the presence of Jesus at the center point of all creation and history and at the center point of your life to just sit with him, to be cared for by Jesus. That's what I want for the next 10 minutes, to be loved by Jesus and to be cared for by Jesus. And it seems like an appropriate way uh, for us to celebrate this kind of incredibly, this incredible protective and nurturing character of motherhood that we celebrate today. Uh, there seems to be no better way to do that than, than by letting God nurture us in these moments. So here's the thing that I'm going to ask right now to the parents. Cheat if you have to for 10 minutes. Do something with your kids that help them be able to be still <laughs> and occupied. So kids, if you're old enough to be able to join into this, great. I'm asking you to be awesomely quiet and join us or to doodle or scribble or color or do whatever your parents help you do so that they can just be able to rest in these 10 minutes uh, in, in silence. So I know that's tough for some, uh, for some families, but we're still gonna give it a shot anyways, all right? Um, so I want you to take a few moments and, uh, and just kind of move, move beyond maybe uh, interesting thoughts into space with Jesus. Um, when we enter into space with Jesus, it's like uh, our, our family's huge fan of Doctor Who. It's like, it's like the TARDIS. Uh, the TARDIS is Doctor Who's um, spaceship. And essentially it looks like a phone box on the outside. And then you walk inside and it's incredibly spacious and it goes on forever. And so we find ourselves in the midst of this season in really, really tight spaces. And yet when we step into the expanse of Jesus, we find that there is fresh air, that there is complete freedom. There's the ability to explore and to rest and to, uh, to not feel so claustrophobic. All right. So, all right. If it's helpful, turn off your video. I don't care. I can't see you anyways right now. Um, if it's helpful, close your eyes. But what we were going to start by doing 
is just I want to invite you just to, to clench your fists for a moment, okay? To just take some deep breaths. And as your hands are clenched, I want you to think about the things that have made your hands clench up. Maybe stress, maybe anger, whatever it's been this week. And that you can clench as hard as you need to right now. And becoming aware of the presence of Jesus, I want you to slowly just imagine the Spirit of God pulling your fingers open, prying them if need be. And I want you to relax your hands. I want you to release all that is bringing you stress. Breathe deeply in the love of God. Go ahead and clench your hands again. This time, think about how difficult it is to not be in control, to have things that are beyond your power happening around you. And imagine yourself trying so hard to grasp for control. And again, hear the voice of Jesus inviting you to release that control and that need for control. So relax your hands. One more time, I'm inviting you to clench your hands. This time, I want you to think about the challenge of greed and materialism. I want you to think about the things that you're holding on to, the need to protect what is yours. And I want to invite you to relax your hands and to embrace generosity in every single way. Continue to just take a deep breath and become aware of Jesus around you. There's an old hymn that goes like this, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So with your eyes open or closed, I want you to imagine yourself standing on a rock by the ocean. Feel the groundedness and the security of the rock that you're on as you watch the waves pound the sand. Imagine that you are completely secure, even though the waves are crashing around you. But imagine now standing on that rock, that the rock is not simply Jesus, but the rock represents the foundation of Jesus. And now Jesus is with you, standing, facing you. This might be very, very difficult for some, but I want you to imagine the face of Jesus looking at you. How is Jesus looking at you? What's the expression on his face? Is it with deep love and compassion? Is it full of grace? Is Jesus smiling? Is Jesus crying with you? Imagine Jesus understanding what it is like in your heart right now. The struggles. And as your mind wanders throughout this time, embrace it and offer each of those things to the Jesus that is standing right in front of you. How does Jesus receive each of the thoughts that interrupt you right now? There is no judgment. There's only invitation. 
Imagine Jesus standing before you asking the same question that he asked the blind man in Mark 10. Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? As disciples, we often talk and think about the many things that we can do for Jesus. But today, let Jesus ask you what he can do for you. Where are you in need right now? Fix your eyes on Jesus. How are you going to respond to that question? Breathe deeply again. Allow space to hear the words that Jesus might speak to you. Hear Jesus reaffirm the words that he said in the Gospels. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Hear Jesus just speaking those words into your life. Look ahead now in your mind to the week. Imagine the various challenges that they hold. And now imagine Jesus speaking into each of these moments. Now notice Jesus turn, looking ahead and walking. Jesus walks full of peace and full of purpose. His voice is gentle, but his voice is strong. And he walks toward the coming week. And he turns and he looks at you and he says, come and follow me. And there's both rest and purpose in his voice. So just close your eyes, take one more deep breath and allow yourself to come out of that space, loved and welcomed into the kingdom, no matter where you are, by a God who initiates and goes before you. So friends, um, what we're going to be inviting you to do during this time, um, as a result of, of this time during this coming week, uh, your spiritual prescription 
for this coming week um, is to rest and reflect on that Colossians 3-2 passage. Uh, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. And we've given you the, uh, the message paraphrase in your image for this week too, which I think is a, a beautiful glimpse at the heart of what this passage is all about. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. So again, we've got this little image. I'm going to drop it uh, in um, the chat box in a moment. You can save it to your phone. It's, it's kind of phone screen sized. So you can save it in your photos or put it on your lock screen or whatever. And, uh, and each day, here's what we're asking you to do. Reflect on that passage and ask Jesus to bring to mind one thing. Maybe it's a word or a phrase or a value or a virtue uh, or one practice some action that'll help direct you that day to the kingdom of God all day long and write it down somewhere and be intentional throughout your day. So the word might simply be gentleness. And that's, that phrase is going to remind you to set your mind on the things above. Uh, or the practice might be, I'm actually going to set my watch for every hour and it's going to ding and I'm going to center myself on Jesus each hour. And I'm going to do that practice to set my mind on things above. So it might be a practice. It might be a word or phrase. Um, but, uh, but each day, write down one little thing and, and make it a different thing each day uh, that Jesus might invite you to do so that you might be aware of the love of God uh, present around you each day. And so I know that we don't do what we just did very often. Um, it's kind of a, uh, a unique practice of centering prayer and imagining prayer, uh, but it can be really helpful. And sometimes it's important for us to engage in the scriptures, not just by me explaining something about them, but by us actually uh, sitting with Jesus in the midst of it. So 